Welcome to Passion Life Church. We've been in this series called In the Deep because we're going in the deep, and we didn't know we were going in the deep, but he gave us a word that we're going in the deep, so now we're going in the deep. How do you like the deep? Turn it in your word in, your word in the Bible to Matthew chapter 26, verse 35, and uh, that's not normal what we just talked about usually, so if you're here for the first time, uh, take the Passion Life Church Challenge, come back three more times, two more times, and see what God will do. You know, I believe more than ever that God is calling us into the deep. He's calling you into the deep. You know, the shallow waters don't require any faith. The shallow waters are close to the shore. God wants us to have faith. That's how we please God. We don't please God just with our own effort or work. We please God with our faith. And when we're in the shallow, the shallow is easy because we're in control. But I want God to be in control. And so it can be, and there can be a lot of fear. When you launch out into the deep, it's mysterious, right? Because we said that's what the deep is. The deep is the secret, the unrevealed purposes of God. But yet, when you go out into the deep, it's mysterious. There's a lot of unknowns. But can I just submit to you, that's where you need the most faith. And it stretches you. My wife said to me, Phil, this could be the best year of your entire life. I said, really? At 52? I'm so old. (laughs) Think about it. Think about this for one moment, that your best year has not been lived yet. But for some of us, We're already planning our funeral. Your best year, because God can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can even ask or think. But you know what? It stretches us. But see, we want to grow, but we don't want to stretch. We want to grow, but we don't want to grow. And I don't like the stretching because it's painful. It's awkward. I've never been there before. But I do love the feeling of having known that I've grown. Looking back and go, I've grown. Yes, I've arrived. But here's what I've noticed. And maybe you can attest to this. The pain of staying the same is often worse than the pain of growth. See, many people sit back and they go, why am I still, I'm so frustrated. It's because you never changed. And our Bible tells us we're supposed to go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. You're not supposed to stay the same. As a matter of fact, when you look at Jesus, you can't stay the same. And so he's calling us into the deep. And that's where we've gotten this message from is Peter had been, fishing all night. He came out and caught nothing. And Jesus saw his empty nets because Jesus was in his boat. Jesus asked Peter, could I get in your boat? Can I just tell you this? Jesus doesn't need Peter's boat. Peter needs Jesus in his boat. God doesn't need our money. We need his blessing on our finances. God walks on streets of gold, my church family. He lives in a city of gold. He doesn't need what we need. So when God puts a demand on us, he's setting you up for incredible supply. And he tells Peter to launch out into the deep, and he does. He has the best day of his whole business. His nets start breaking. His boats start sinking. He's got to call in to his partners. And so we've looked through that. We've We've, we've looked through that. We've been following Peter's life because he's a great example of just this ordinary guy. Sometimes he gets it right. Sometimes he gets it wrong. And I want to look at a story today where Peter gets it wrong. And we're going to read about it. How many of you are thankful that your life story isn't in a book that everybody could read about your failures? How many of you are thankful for that? So I, 
Peter's life gives me hope because when I look at it and read it, I'm like, yeah, I can learn from that. But thank God I don't put my, uh, my story in a book, but I did put my story in a book and hopefully it'll help people. But today Peter makes a huge mistake, but I think it's a, a mistake that a lot of us can make and I think it's going to help. And so today as we go launch into part five, I want to talk about a deeper love today. Have you found Matthew chapter 26, verse 31? Jesus is preparing his disciples for his arrest, his death and resurrection. So he's starting to tell the disciples about it. Matthew chapter 26, verse 31. It says, then Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble. Everybody say stumble. Because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered. All right, here we go. Here's Pete. Are you ready? Peter answered and said, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. I love Peter. Peter often thinks, often speaks before he thinks. I love that he's a passionate guy. To be honest, I would rather hang out with somebody who's passionate and gets it wrong at times than somebody who shows no emotion and is always just really boring. That's just me. You know, I want, I love passion. Hence, that's why we named the church Passion Life Church. And so many people tell me, I love Passion Life Church. So I'm just telling you that. So when new guests come in, we can't be dead life church. We've got to be Passion Life Church. Come on, somebody. Can I hear a good amen? You got to be, that's what we got to be, Passion Life Church. When I told him, I said, well, man, this could be Passion Life TV. He's like, look, you already have a, a catchy name. I was like, well, that's just, that's just the name. But Peter's passion, and sometimes he doesn't think before he speaks. How many of you ever been there? How many of you uh, uh, married people, you've said something, and you're like, oh, I need to put my foot right in my mouth because I, sh- I shouldn't have said that. And I, I, I love that about him, and we can learn from him. But he's listening to Jesus talk. Peter is listening to Jesus talk. And so what happens is he's here about Jesus going to the cross. He's hearing about him dying, right? And here's what Peter starts to do. He starts to boast about what he's going to do. Listen, this is very important. He starts to, he literally says this with the other disciples sitting right there. It's like he's pointing to them and says, if they stumble, I will never stumble. And Jesus says, He says, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter's like, no, if I have to die with you, I will die with you. My church family, guess who denied Jesus? Not once, not twice, three times. I will never stumble. I will die with you. I will do that. And today what I want to talk about is a deeper love because I think Peter He has a mistaken belief about love that I think a lot of people have, and they see love like Peter sees love. We're going to learn how fear and love coincide today. See, what Peter did and his mistake about love is Peter starts to boast. And please, if you haven't heard anything I said today, if you'll just focus for in for a minute, because you have to get this because it's so important. I don't want to be misunderstood today. What Peter is doing is Peter is boasting, listen to this, 
about his love for Jesus. He's boasting about how he loves Jesus. Peter thinks that by telling Jesus that he would die for him, that somehow he would earn God's love. Let me say it this way. Listen, here's what Peter's doing. Peter is depending on his love for Jesus instead of Jesus's love for him. Did you get that? Peter is depending on his love for Jesus instead of Jesus's love for him. Why is that a problem, Phil? Because Peter's love will fail for Jesus, but Jesus's love for Peter will never fail. So Peter, and he's boasting about his love, but then as soon as persecution comes, Peter's love for Jesus fails. And so today, I don't want to focus on your love for Jesus. I want to focus on Jesus's love for you because here's what happens. When you understand that Jesus loves you, the autom- that Jesus loves you, the automatic response is to love him back. But how many of you would be real honest and say, Pastor Phil, my love for Jesus has failed at times. This was, this was tough for me. Let me just say it this way. Peter failed because he was relying on himself. So in that moment, Peter's love failed, but the key is God's love didn't fail. So if we're going to have a deeper love, we must, here's number one. Are you ready? It took me years to learn this. My love for God flows out of his love for me. I want to say that again. My love for God flows out of what? Out of my self-effort? No, his love for me. I'm going to say it again. My love for God flows out of his love for me. My church family, I don't care who you are. You were created to be loved. How do I know that? Because God is love and you were created for him. So you were created to be loved. Can I hear a good amen today? Come on, just turn to your neighbor and say, but say it really nice. Say, you were created to be loved. So you were created for God. And the, the truth is, if you're here watching online, only God can fill that void in your life. Because it's a void that he put in there because you were created for him. So only he can fill the void. But hear me, we cannot give what we do not have. You cannot give what you have not received. Now, John writes to us, 1 John four ten. he says this, listen, watch, this is love, not, not, not. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atonement sacrifice for our sin. Now, I'm going to tell you, growing up, I heard this scripture, Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. I heard it preached. But I'm going to tell you the way I heard it preached. Is that okay? All right. This is how I heard it preached. And you must love God with all your heart. That'll scare the hell out of you. Come on, somebody. You know what I mean? And you must love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength. And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. I want you to notice where the emphasis is, though. It's the Bible, and Jesus is going to say it too later, but the emphasis is on you better, okay? So I'm like, okay, I'm committed to this. I want to love Jesus. But then I would go to the beach, and I'd see a pretty girl before I was married, and I'm like, but I think I love her. (laughs) Some of you, it's not a girl. It's like, it's your dog. (sighs) But I... 
but I love this. And then I would go party, right? And I'm like, I, I, I want to love Jesus, but I'm going to be honest, I love to party. That's just, I, and so, okay, I'm going to try to love Jesus. <laughs> Phil, you look like you have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I'm trying to love Jesus. Now I have to go to the bathroom. You look constipated. Mm, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And you know what happened to me? I don't know about you. I got frustrated. Because you know what I found out? My love for Jesus always failed. Jesus would say that we are to love him. That's the scriptures, my church family. But I want you to listen to it. That's not first. Because the truth is, love did not even start with you. Love did not even start with me. Can I hear a good amen today? Guess who it started with? It started with him. It started with him. So let me free you from all the frustration. Are you ready? Deuteronomy chapter six, verse five, the word of the Lord that we should love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Listen, everybody look at me. It's not possible until you've received God's love first. It's just not possible. Let me say that this way. This scripture is not possible until you first receive his love for you. Why is that? Because here's the truth that nobody talks about. You loving God only flows from the very love that you have received from him. God's love in you empowers you to love him back. This is what we teach in growth track. Okay. Here's what we teach. You love because God loved you first. Watch. It was the same with living for God. I'm trying. I'm trying to live for God. I'm trying to do it. I'm trying. But you know what? You cannot live for God until you receive the life that he gives you. Because not only now do I love God with the love that he gives me, I live for God with the life that he gave me. So the Christian life is not a life of works. It's a life of respond to the work that God has already done. Are you still here or did you leave? So in order for our love not to fail, we have to continue to allow ourselves to be loved completely and wholly. So let me just say this. This is where some people struggle. Some people struggle with how can God really love me? How can God love them, Pastor Phil? You know, you don't know what I've done. I understand. But here's the great news. God's love for us is not based, it, God's love for us is based on his character, not our bad choices. Can you imagine every time you did something wrong, God's like, I don't love you. He would be schizophrenic. But here's the reality. It's not about your choices. It's about his character. The Bible says he is love. It's not something that he does. It's not something that he switches on and off. It's his very nature that flows from him is love. Now, please understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying go out and make, make the wrong choices because God still loves you. That's not what I'm saying today. Because in those choices, right, my old pastor, previous pastor used to say, you can choose your choices, but you can't always choose the consequences of those choices. That's not what I'm saying today. But what I am saying today is that I think we have these areas that we're like, yeah, but God doesn't really love me because I've done this. 
I've done that. Now, I want you to think about this for one minute, okay? How much does God love Jesus? I want you to think about this for a minute. How much does God love Jesus? Think about that. How much? Don't just say a lot. Don't. How much does God love Jesus? See, I think we don't understand God's love because we don't understand how much God loves Jesus. Because whatever number or whatever you thought of in your mind of how much God loves Jesus, God, whatever that is, to infinity and beyond, whatever that is, how much God loves Jesus, God gave his son for you. So as much as you think that God loves Jesus, he gave Jesus to the world because he so loves the world. That's how much he loves you. He loves you. So every area of your life, he loves you, the Bible says, even while you are yet in sin. Romans 5, 8, verse 8 says this, God demonstrated his love for us even while we were yet in sinners. We were yet sinners, Christ died. Listen, it didn't just say he loved us. It said he demonstrated his love to us. So while you were out there at Pachanga cruising, God loved you and sent his son to die for you because he loved you. My church family, this is beyond you and me. It's who he is. And so he wants you to receive his love. Now, here's what happens when you don't receive his love. Are you ready? Here's number two, if we're going to have a deeper love. Fear is the result of the unloved areas in our lives. If you don't fill the areas of your life that need love with love, fear will fill that area. How do I know that? Well, 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says, are you ready? There is no fear in love. I looked up that word no in the Greek. You know what it means? No. It's pretty amazing, huh? There's no fear in love. So if you today were to walk out and analyze your life any area that you have fear is the area that you lack the love of God. That's deep. But that's the name of the series, so I can be deep today. Any area of your life that you lack, fe- you lack love, fear will fill. So analyze your fears, and you will see where you lack the love of God. In everything that we just talked about, launching into the deep, my church family, the one thing that I'm reminded of constantly is that God loves me. He loves me. Now, listen, it says there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he, listen to this, he who fears is not made perfect in love. Do you know that God wants us to be made perfect and whole in in love? This is what his love will do for you. It will make you complete. It will make you confident. John talks about later that when we know that we are loved and made complete in love, we will have boldness in the day of judgment that love makes us bold. Love makes us confident. 
Can I hear a good amen today? But listen, this word perfect in the Greek means this, to carry through completely, to accomplish, to finish, to bring to the end. That's what God wants to do in our lives is he wants you to be completely loved. But how many of you know you have a say in that? And so what we do is we keep areas of our life. I looked up this word torment because I was like, what does that mean? The word torment means punishment. It means penalty. So it could mean that people who don't allow God to love them have an area of their life of maybe they feel unworthy, maybe they feel sinful, and here's what they are. Secretly, they are punishing themselves for something they did. Now, can I bring some truth to this this morning? You can't punish yourself enough to pay for your sin. You can't. We had a guy one time that was serving on our team early years. His name was Raider. And one time I said, hey, Raider, how's it going? It was in the morning. He's like, I'm doing good, man. You know, just paying off my sins. I said, what you talking about, Willis? He said, yeah, man, just paying, you know, paying for, paying, you know, paying for my pass. I said, Raider, then you're not doing enough. I said, we got a trailer we pull up here. That needs to be washed. Come on, somebody. If we're paying for sin now, like, I mean, you got to, you know, all of our equipment needs polish. And he just looked at me and I said, and then on that, we got some other things that need repair. I can start adding to the list because if you're paying for sin, and here's the thing, I don't even know what you've done. So this list could be, and he just looked at me and I said, Raider, you can't pay for your sin. That's what Jesus did. That's why the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus was punished and he was punished severely for your sin. There's nothing that you could do to ever punish yourself enough or pay a penalty enough. The only thing that you could do is receive that grace for your forgiveness for all of your sin. Can I hear a good amen today? So Jesus took the punishment so I don't have to sit here and punish myself. And I wonder if there's some areas secretly in your life that you're holding on to that you just don't feel worthy of being loved. And I'm going to tell you, when you do that, fear will fill that area. My church family, if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Fear and love cannot coexist. I'm going to say that again. Fear and love cannot coexist. And it's interesting because when you compare and contrast Peter and John, they're two totally different disciples. And I love Peter. And but Peter's the guy that he's boasting. He's boasting about his love for Jesus. But John was different. John actually said, I'm the disciple who Jesus loves. That's what he would say. That's how he categorized his life. John was the guy that wasn't boasting about Jesus's, uh, his love for Jesus. He was literally the one that put his head on Jesus's chest and he would just receive the love of God. Watch this. That's why John was the only disciple at the cross because all of the other disciples, they scattered because of the persecution, because they had fear. You know what? But John was at the, 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 the cross, the foot of the cross where Jesus said, John, here's my mother. Take care of my mother. John was the right one that wrote, there is no fear in love. So the guy who's writing, there's no fear in love is standing against persecution. He's not denying Jesus. Here's why. Cause he knows how much Jesus loves him. And when you know how much Jesus loves you, the automatic response is you will love him back. You have to make a decision to do it. But my church family, that has where the cycle begins. The cycle does not begin with your love. The cycle begins with his love. And when you receive his love, watch this, 
this. That's how you can love your enemies. That's how you can love your wife. That's how you can love your kids, not with your own love, but the love that you have received from Jesus. My church family, you cannot give what you don't have. And so here's my life. Here's my devotional. I'm not sitting here telling Jesus how much I love him. I do tell him that. But my devotion is sitting before him and receiving his love for me. I met with a pastor one time, and I don't meet with a lot of pastors because we don't agree theologically on a lot of things. I don't watch a lot of people because, like I said, they're preaching about, you know, a lot of stuff from the law. and, And I'm just like, okay, we need to read the New Testament. Come on, somebody. Can I hear a good amen today? Even Deuteronomy, what I read, you got to love you. Absolutely, we got to do that, but that's not first. Jesus loves us first. So I'm sitting with this pastor and we're having lunch, and he just starts looking at me. And he, like, just, I just felt, how many of you ever, have you ever felt the Pharisee coming at you? And he just said, you know, Phil, I've been in some of these services, and, you know, I think the worship has to change. And I said, well, what are you talking about? He's like, you know, all these songs about how God loves us and, and all about this. And, blah, and I'm just sitting there going, dude, you don't understand. We can't even love him until we understand that he first loves us. And songs about him loving us are great. Yes, I love songs that are lifting his name up. I think those are so important. But I don't think the problem with us is that, uh, I think the problem with us is we just don't know how much Jesus loves us. Because if you actually knew that, you would be fearless. I'm gonna say it again. You would be fearless. See, this is why some of you don't give financially, because you don't believe God loves you. So you're taking care of you. You have not even allowed God to come into that area of your life, right? So you think God's going to make you broke. Listen to this mentality. You think God's going to make you broke by giving to God. You don't say it, but the reality of it is that's why we don't give. We don't give because we're afraid. Why are we afraid in that area? Because you actually think that God's going to let you fail. All right, I'm going to go deep. You actually think you can do it better than God. You think you can do better. Go ahead. Go ahead with your bad self. Go ahead. I was like some of you. I had a chip on my shoulder, but then I ate it. Come on, somebody. So you think God's going to allow you to fail. You think that my church family, he's calling you out in the deep to see his goodness, and to see how much he can sustain you, how much he can love you. Can I hear a good amen today? Do you know what's interesting about John, the disciple? John lived till he was over a hundred years old. Do you know that John, the guy who wrote, there's no fear in love. Do you know historians tell us that they put him in a, in a huge pot of boiling oil to try to kill him. One theologian and one historian said that they tried to do it twice. They could not kill John. That's why they exiled him to the island of Patmos. You know when John died? John died when he finished his race. John died when he was done doing what God called him to do. And he's the one that says, listen, there's no fear in love. There's no fear in love. I want to close with this because I want to take communion today. You know, when you, let me read what John wrote, 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. But everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. So me loving you isn't even first. Listen, look at this scripture. But let us, beloved, 
This is what John, this is how he used to write. If you break this up, it's, watch, be loved. Be loved. So let's read the scripture this way. Watch. They'll put it on the screen. Watch. Be loved, then love one another. Let me say it again. Be loved. Who's got to be loved first? You got to be loved. Don't be going out there with your bitter self, trying to love on people, angry self. You need to be loved first. What does the Bible say? Love your neighbor as you love what? So how do I love myself? By first allowing God to love me. And that love goes to my neighbor. That love goes to my enemies. That love. Are you getting something this morning? So when God calls you into the deep, I want to close with this. It requires faith, not fear. It requires believing that God is who he says he's going to be. I was amazed at how many times in this study, Jesus told the disciples, he told Peter, don't be afraid. You remember? He launched out into the deep. He comes back. He says, I'm a sinful man. And what does Jesus say? Don't be afraid. I'm calling you. You're going to be a fisher of men. When, when he came to them walking on the water, they were scared. It was a ghost. What did you say? Don't be afraid. I'm taking you deeper. When they went up to the mountain of transfiguration, Jesus told the disciples, the three that went with him, listen, don't be afraid. Why? Because in the deep, the spirit of fear is going to try to get on you. And it is a spirit. The Bible says we have not been given what? The spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Fear will rob you of thinking straight. It will rob you of your power. If you allow it, fear doesn't come to play. Fear comes to steal your destiny, to steal you from a life of really enjoying loving relationships. And it comes to mess with your mind, but you're going to need faith. And here's the last point for today. If we're going to leave a, live a deeper life, we have to understand number three, faith is easy when you know you're loved. You know that Galatians chapter five or six says this, but faith works by love. So faith comes by hearing the word of God, but it works by love. Many people struggle in their faith walk because they struggle with their love walk. When you are loved, faith is easy. You know, I'm just going to say this and then I'm going to close. Have you ever seen, for some of you, I love watching my son at my house. You can tell a lot about how kids act. He walks around. He goes into the refrigerator. It's almost like he owns the place. He just walks around. I'm serious. He's confident. He's bold. He talks to people. And when I was reading this scripture, I was looking at him. And I thought about, I have a confident son. Not because... Listen, I'm going to tell you this. I'm only 12 years in, so I'm not an expert on this. But here's what I know. I can allow God to love me, and I can love others. And I'm trying to love him the best with the love of God. But you know what we're seeing in him? A confidence. Why? Because when you're loved, you have faith. You're able to stand up because you know you're not lacking anything. And when I look at him, I go, God, that's how I want to be. I want to be a child of God. I meet people when I talk to them. I hear this over and well, I'm insecure. Why are you insecure? You are a child of the living God. 
Pastor Phil, I'm just, I'm just so embarrassed. Why are you embarrassed? When do you get bold? You get bold when you receive the love of God and you kind of come to this understanding. It doesn't matter whoever doesn't love you. God still loves you today and he cares about you and he sent his son for you. He loves you today. And this is what John is talking about, that we can be bold. My church family, faith is easy when you know that you're loved. You know, Jesus dies and he raises from the dead. And it's funny because the disciples go back fishing. And uh, I always like to say that when you don't have a vision of your future, you always go back to your past. And so that's where we find the disciples. They're fishing. And they see this figure on the shore. And he says, children, have you caught anything? Here they are fishing. And guess what? They caught nothing. And he says, how about you throw your net over on the other side? And then they recognize that's the Lord, because then again, they start catching fish. The Bible says something interesting. It says the disciples saw him, but Peter jumps out of the boat. He takes off his robe, and he just runs to Jesus. Peter did repent, but Peter starts to get it now. Peter starts to get that it's not my love for him. It's Jesus's love for me that empowers me to be the person that I need to be. There's oftentimes now that I tell God I love him, and I really do. Love is a decision that we make. But I want to challenge you this week, because we can get so into works, you think God doesn't love you because you only read three verses instead of five verses. Come on, somebody. You didn't read the Bible today, so God is, is mad at you. You didn't pray. You just happened to miss. And all. Listen, my, my church family, that's not what this is even about. It's about him loving you. Even when you make your greatest mistakes, he is there. And when you receive that, it will change your life. You know, God turns your have to into a want to. Now I've been praying more than I've ever prayed. And I'm just telling you, I'm bringing you this revelation because it took me, it's been this last two years that this has really just sunk into me because I had a problem in my love walk and the problem wasn't God. The problem was my ability to receive the unconditional, wonderful, beautiful love of God that's here for you today. Can you receive that? Can you receive his love? See, if we don't receive his love, it's really a pride because we say, my sin is so special, God can't love me. No, when Jesus said he was finished, it was finished. There was nothing more to be accomplished. It's all been taken care of in your life. Would you give the Lord a good round of applause today? Come on, would you stand? We have a couple, man, we getting out almost right on time. Can I tell you what John said? Be loved today. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? Be loved today. Be loved. You're made in his own image, in his own likeness. Come on, let the walls fall down today. I love how John would just say, I'm the disciple who Jesus loves. You can say that today too. You are the disciple 
that Jesus loves. He knows all of your failures. He knows all of your pain. He knows all of your mistakes. And yet today and forever, he's poured out his life, his love for you. He cares for you. Lord, I pray that today your Holy Spirit would unlock the areas in our life today that we're holding back, that we can experience true freedom. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for loving me. Thank you in the name of Jesus today. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.